Take your Bibles this morning and uh, turn to uh, Joshua, the Old Testament book of Joshua. We are going to look at the entire chapter, chapter 17. We're just going to read three verses of that, but uh, it's going to constitute the context to which I'm going to try to preach this word uh, this morning, but uh, due to the length of the passage, the brevity of time, uh, we will not read that entire chapter, but we will just read uh, three verses. We had a gentleman come forward in the first service, uh, had uh, tears uh, strolling down his eyes, and he talked about how uh, he had spent 43 years of life uh, involved in drugs and, 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 and alcohol, but he said uh, for most of the last a few years, uh, he has been a light and he has been a witness for the Lord, and uh, he stepped into this church probably uh, six months ago, and uh, he said he just uh, felt the uh, living presence of Almighty God, as so often we hear uh, that testimony, and uh, he joined our church this morning, and so I think we can give the Lord a hand of praise for that. Do we have any uh, overcomers uh, in this church this morning? Uh, any overcomers? Let me ask that again. Do we got any overcomers in this church today? I mean, some people that uh, believe in uh, Revelation uh, 12, 11 that says that uh, we overcome uh, by the blood of the Lamb and the Word uh, of our testimony. You know what? Today, uh, I and you, we need to live a life of being uh, an overcomer. And so this morning, uh, I want to uh, put a tag on this uh, message, and we're going to really pull from verse uh, 16 uh, of that uh, 17th chapter of Joshua. Uh, the heel is not enough. The heel is not enough. The heel is not enough. You know, we need to realize that uh, amazing things, I'm talking about amazing things. You know, I've, I've been a part of a church uh, for most all of my life. I, I've said it before that my first uh, drug problem was I was drugged to church. I mean, all the time, unless I had a fever, I mean, mom and dad, they, they drugged me to church. And so, uh, after that, I kind of went voluntarily for a while. Then I went off to college and then uh, ministry, but uh, I've been in a lot of church services, been into some crusades, some revivals, uh, and certainly, uh, just your, uh, ordinary, uh, church service. But, uh, whenever the spirit of God is there, you're going to have somebody in the crowd that is broken from drugs. You're going to have somebody in the crowd that is broken from alcohol. You're going you're to have a song that's going to touch a heart. You're going to have a, a word that is going to uh, uh, prick a mind or, 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 or touch a soul. You know, amazing things happen uh, when God's Spirit comes forth. Think about it. When God's Spirit is in the house, I'm not talking about regular, ordinary, religious church services. I'm not talking about religion but I'm talking about a, a, a spirit of Almighty God. Amazing things happen. When the Spirit of God is in the house, we know that barriers are broken. We know that communities are formed. We know that opposites get, get reconciled. Unity gets established. I mean, diseases get cured. Addictions get broken. We know that cities get renewed. Races get reconciled. Hope is established. We know that people get blessed. And, and, and church just seems to happen when, when the Spirit of God is in the house. And I can tell you this day that the Spirit of God is in the house. And we are going to have church. And so we need to be ready because God is up to something. And when God 
God is up to something. When we come prepared, not, not to sing songs, not, not to hear the preacher, but when we come to experience the living presence of God, it's then that discouraged folks cheer up. And dishonest folks, they fess up. And sour folks, they, they sweeten up. Close folks, they open up. Gossipers, they shut up. Conflicted folks, they make up. Sleeping folks, they wake up. Lukewarm folks, we know that they fire up. Dry bones, they shake up. And pew potatoes, they stand up. But most of all, Christ, the Savior of all, is going to be lifted up. I, I've gotten to a place in my life that I want to go to church and I want to experience experience the living presence of Almighty God. Amen. You know, we, uh, I believe oftentimes as Christians, uh, a part of overcoming, last week we, we looked at uh, the discipline of a champion. And if you don't understand the discipline of a champion, you're going to have a hard time being an overcomer. But I believe in this second week, this is something that we also need to get because I believe we spend a lot of time as Christians climbing up the rough side of the mountain. Y'all ever heard that song? I, I know the younger generation, they've never heard that song. And, and uh, children probably don't know nothing about that song. But when I was growing up, we'd always have a lady or we'd have a man that would get up there. And they'd sing, I'm climbing up on the rough side. Y'all heard that song? Don't, don't look at me like I'm crazy, okay? <laughs> You know what, I, 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 can, I can be the first to testify today that we, we have our valleys. And all of us have our things that we are overcoming. And all of us have had our sinfulness, our backslidings. We've had our tribulations and trials and troubles and circumstances and conditions. But every now and again, and I'm not dismissing the valley because... In the valley, oftentimes, is where the growth occurs. And we understand that in the valley, that, that is an important uh, thing to speak about, to, to, to preach about. But this morning, God has deposited a word uh, in my spirit today that is not valley preaching. I don't want to valley preach this word today because I believe that we have a lot of valleys and I believe we have a, a, a lot of testimonies that are valley testimonies. And, and I'm not discounting those. I, I praise God for, for those of you today that are climbing up the rough side. I, I praise God for those of y'all that limped up in this church and, and you barely made it to church today. I, I, I praise God for those for those kind of testimonies. But I, I also believe that, that we need some. I, I don't know what percent of some, but we need some folks that are in the house that are some mountain-minded people. Some people that uh, have got uh, some mountain living on their minds. Some people today that are living on the mountaintop. That are living in right relationship with God. That are living in right fellowship with God. That we don't just simply have the valleys, we don't just simply have the rough side, but we also have the times when we're intimate and we're in relationship with Almighty God. So this morning we are going to, to read a, a story out of Joshua 17, and we're just going to read the opening, uh, and we're going to read verse 14, uh, and then we're going to read verse 16. But in your quiet moments, I invite you to read out this entire chapter. So let's stand this morning in honor of God's word. The heel is not enough. The heel 
is not enough. This is the inspired Word of God. In this Word is the power to change lives. Joshua 17, verse 1. There was also a lot for the tribe of Manasseh, for he was the firstborn of Joseph to wit, for Makar the firstborn of Manasseh, the father of Gilead, because he was a man of war. Therefore, he had Gilead and Bashan. And then in verse 14, and the children of Joseph spake unto Joshua, saying, Why hast thou given me but one lot and one portion to inherit, seeing that I am a great people, for as much as the Lord hath blessed me hitherto? And then in verse 16, And the children of Joseph said, The heel is not enough for us. The heel is not enough for us. Let us pray. Father God, this morning we thank you. We honor you. We love you. We praise you. We glorify you for this awesome day that you've allowed us to partake in. Lord, for these next few moments, Lord, there's not a man or woman here today that's come to hear a sermon. Lord, we've not come to hear words about you. We've not come to hear the latest Uh, on the street, but Lord, we've come to hear from you. And Lord, in order for that to happen, Lord, I I pray that I would just get out of the way, that Lord, I would decrease so that you could increase, that Lord, we wouldn't just hear mere words about you, but Lord, we could hear words from you today. And Lord, today, if there's somebody in this place today that's lost in need of you, that this could be a day of salvation. But Lord, I would probably think that there's a lot of us here that are Christians today. And Lord, I know we all have our individual struggles. We all have our circumstances. But Lord, may we just think for a moment today on what it would mean to be a mountain-minded believer. Someone, Lord, that has climbed enough mountains that, Lord, we have decided now to pitch a tent on the mountain and live and wait for you. Lord, just be with your word, and it's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You know, someone has said that um, I'm never in a valley. I'm just changing mountaintops. I'm never in a valley. I'm just changing mountaintops. That's somebody that is very optimistic. That's somebody that probably has their eyes on Almighty God. Because I believe that God is on the lookout. God today wants us to leave this service not only as overcomers, but God wants us to leave this service as mountain-minded people. All throughout the scriptures, mountains play big roles. They are very important. We know that the ark rested on Mount Eret. The sacrifice of Isaac was on a mountain. The law was given on Mount Sinai. Caleb said, give me. He said to, to give me my mountain. The temple was built on Mount Sinai. 
Elijah and the prophets of Baal, they, 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 they fought on a mountain called Carmel. The second temptation of Jesus was on a mountain. The transfiguration of Jesus took place on a mountain. Both Moses and Jesus was gloriously transformed on mountains. You see, in Scripture, in, in a real sense, mountains represent high places of communion with God. Let me say that again. In, in, in Scripture, mountains represent high places of communion with God. Now, I believe that it's in the valley that we grow. I believe it's in the valley that God meets us during some of our darkest moments. I, I, I believe that oftentimes we, we, we do get the chance to climb the, the rough side of the mountain. We do get the chance to, to be an overcomer and to overcome the many things that so easily besets us. But we also have got to understand that on the mountain is where there is a special intimate relationship with God. You see, on that mountain, we, we see communion with God from a different perspective. When you're able to, to understand that we are crossing from one mountain to another, when we understand that it's a great day, not because of what's going on in the world, not because of what's physically happening to us on the outside, but we understand it is a great day because the Bible says that the Lord has made it a great day. That today is great because today is the Lord's day and you and I ought to rejoice and be glad in it. We ought to understand today that we ought to live on a mountain because the Lord tapped us on a shoulder this morning and allowed us to wake up that the Lord set the sun up this day and allowed us to have a little bit of warmth. He, he kept the oxygen in the air so our lungs could breathe. We got a few George Washingtons in our pocket this morning. We've got some feet that can stay some hands that can touch, some lungs that can breathe. We need to understand that we need to be a mountain-minded people that keeps in full what it is that God wants us to see. You see, I think we see so much. We see so much of the world around us, so much of the flesh. We deal with so much of the difficulties that I think oftentimes we have to search high and low for mountain-minded people. Sometimes we get satisfied with our spiritual life and we just simply stay in the valleys of life. Or we just simply look at life from the perspective that we're always climbing another mountain. The Apostle Paul, who saw the Lord on the road to Damascus, said, he said, I'm pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The disciples, they weren't satisfied. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. They said, Lord, I want you to increase our faith. Think about that. The disciples said, teach us to pray and Lord, increase our faith. Caleb wasn't satisfied where he simply wanted a piece of the rock. He wanted a room with a view. He said, give me this mountain. And 45 years earlier, he had laid his eyes on that mountain and he never lost sight of it. Too many people are willing to dwell in the low country. And too many children of God are willing to settle for living in the valley. Too many of us are content with being 
nominal Christians. Too many of us dwell in the mediocre when God wants us to live on the mountain. And I want to use this phrase today because I believe it's important that we mount our mountains when it comes to serving the Lord. In your battle against discouragement, in your battle against disease, in your battle against struggles, in your battle uh, against whatever it is that you find yourself fighting for, all of us need help staying the course from time to time. You see, we, we need a faith that can conceive the invisible. We need a faith that can believe the incredible. We need a faith that can receive the impossible. You and I, we need to be a people that are moving from one mountain to another. We need to understand that our focus and our vision needs to be on Almighty God. And when everybody else is sad, we can be glad. When everybody else is weak, we, we can experience a strength. When everybody else is living in doubt and fear, you and I can have a faith in Almighty God that all things are going to be okay. Any overcomers in the house this morning, say amen. So let's look at this together. First of all, overcomers never give up on the prize. They never give up on the prize. You know, this is a very interesting text that we find here in Joshua 17. Some of us are familiar with this, uh, and some of us are not as familiar with it. But listen, the daughters spoke up because they thought they weren't given enough. Now, let me just set the picture. Let me just describe the context. What's happening here is is they have overcome. And there's still some Canaanites. There's still some giants in the land. But the land is being just distributed out. And it's being distributed to this tribe and to that tribe. But this little small tribe, they don't get enough, and so they're not going to give up on the prize. And we get a a little bit of this out of Numbers 36. These young girls, they had courage to speak up in a time that women didn't normally say too much. They wanted to claim what was theirs. And very often, if not always, it's the male children who receive the inheritance. But because there was a natural assumption that a woman would be attached to a man, these women in this tribe kind of got left out. And in this particular situation, these five girls' father had no male son, so they had the guts to claim this inheritance. They refused to give up. It's taken a while, but they refused to give up. They said, my Lord was commanded by the Lord that we would not give up. And there are times that you're going to feel like you've been forgotten. And there are times that you and I may feel like we've been forsaken. As a matter of fact, Isaiah 49, 13 through 15 says it this way, Sing, O heavens, and be joyful, O earth, and break forth into singing, O mountains, for the Lord hath comforted his people and will have mercy upon his afflicted. But Zion said, The Lord hath forsaken me, and my Lord hath forgotten me. Can a woman forget her suckling child, and she should not have compassion on the son of thy womb? Yea, they may forget, but I never forget. You see, you need to realize the Lord never forgets. And sometimes you got to realize that you've got to keep your eye on the prize. Our blessings can be delayed, but they will never be denied. And sometimes you've got to understand to never give up. Some of us have been praying about some things for a long time. Some of us have been through some things that would have wiped other people out. 
Some of us might have barely been able to make it here today, but you need to understand and you need to keep your eye on the prize and you need to understand that God has never changed on this journey. He's been the same. He's been with you through thick and thin, in and out, whether you were up or whether you were down, whether you were sad or whether you were glad. God has been with you and we need to make sure that we never give up on the blessing. But listen, overcomers also are willing to work. In verse 14 of that 17th chapter, work is not a dirty word. God is not going to do for you what you can do for yourself. You see, overcomers are people who are willing to pay the price. Y'all can sit here in this Catholic church and be quiet if you want. (laughs) But let me just say this. God is not going to do for you what you can do for yourself. You see, oftentimes you, you've got to learn to fight for it, just like anything in life. I, I know we wait for God to deliver the checks in the mail. Uh, we wait for all of these things on God, but sometimes uh, God uh, is simply waiting on you. And sometimes he wants to know if you have the faith, if you have the fight in you to fight for what it is that you want. And in this particular tribe, these daughters who had no male siblings, they just simply say, hey, this hill's not enough. You're not just going to put us on a hill. We, we deserve more. We, we need more blessing. We, we, we want more land. We need more lot. We're not going to just simply settle for what it is that's been promised here. Because God has promised to our forefathers some things, but sometimes it requires you and I to move. When you do what you can do, God will always do what you can't do. So you got to go to work. you got to be able to keep on going. And in the midst of not giving up, and in the midst of fighting for it, you got to ask yourself, just like in verse 18, uh, is, are you ready for the fight? We've got to sometimes get ready to rumble. Sometimes we got to get rowdy about it. You see, this land was full of Canaanites and giants. Back in the day, someone would say that, I'm going to meet you at 3 o'clock. How many, how many of y'all remember in school when, when you had that bully and they said they were going to meet you at 3 o'clock after school? Just maybe a few of y'all. Y'all remember the, the, the bullies at school? I'm going to meet you before school. They take your lunch. How many of y'all ever got your lunch taken? Oh, just one person willing to admit that. Praise God, sir. But listen. Sometimes the devil will try to put roadblocks in our life, and he will try to keep us from getting to what God wants us to get. That's why so often when you and I are busy climbing the rough sides of the mountain or we're going through different things, so often the devil wants you to run from church instead of run to church. The devil wants you to flee from God instead of run to God. But I can sit here this morning in this ring and I can tell you that, friends, it's not a time to run away from God. It's a time to run to God. Now, on that first Sunday that you run to God, on that first day that you run to God, I mean, he may not answer at all. Your burdens may not be relieved all at one time. But, friends, if you will stay the course, if you are ready yourself to fight, and you will say, look, I know that God is my provider. I know that God is good. I know that God is strong. I know that God is faithful. I've done learned enough from my past that tells me about my present and tells me about my future. Devil, you cannot keep me from what it is that God has for me. 
And a few weeks ago, I just told you, sometimes life is just about putting one foot in front of another. You know, I see so many Christians that quit church, quit God. They give up because they're outward. They're outward Christians. In other words, they're flesh-walking Christians. When things ain't going their way, or when life doesn't go the way they think it ought to go, they quit God. But listen, that's never a time to quit God. But that is a time for you to move forward with Almighty God. You see, sometimes we need to understand that God is looking for mountain-minded people. And when you can mount the mountain, when you can stay on the mountaintop, even though you're in the valley, when you can just simply be in prayer and you can simply come to worship even when you don't feel like it, when you can just simply be in communion with God, when the devil is throwing everything that he possibly can at you, I'm telling you what, you will find out that God will strengthen you in ways that you never thought possible. See, the problem, so many worshipers, they are only good worshipers as long as things are good. But God likes people that can be wounded worshipers. Worshipers that can still be wounded but still experience the hand of Almighty God and can still worship God no matter what. You see, I, I believe today that God wants us to live a life with a view. God wants us to live a life on the mountain. And some of the things that we have learned in the past ought to teach us already that, hey, God is going to come through. God will come through. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Whether it's coming from the east, the west, the north, or the south, God is going to come through. And God is looking for some folks that don't always have to go waller in the valley, that don't always have to be negative and doesn't always have to live on the bottom. But he's looking for some people that can sometimes live on the top. And sometimes when you live on the top, you got to learn to praise God on credit. And when you praise God on credit, it's not about what's in the bank account, but it's about what has been and what you know of God already. It's somebody that has an experience. Like I told you last week, it's not a testimony, but it's a testimony. I'm never at an argument for somebody that wants to argue with me about God because I've already seen him do what I've seen him do. I've already experienced God for what I've experienced God do. And I've already seen him come to me in the middle of the night. I've already seen him get me out of bed when I couldn't get myself out of bed. So I'm not here to argue with anybody, but I'm here to say, because he lives, I can face whatever it is that is in front of me. And friend, I'm just going to choose not to live in the valley. See, I, I, I believe that we ought, ought to be a little more happier than just the average person. Amen. I mean, a lot of Christians are so sad and so down. There's some churches, I, I don't blame people for not going to them because, I mean, I mean, I mean they're just, they're, they, they just lack the Spirit of God and, and everybody's down and everybody's depressed and, 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 and you leave, they're more depressed. And look, I'm not basing everything on feelings. Don't get me wrong this morning. I'm not for all that stuff. But listen, I'm, I'm not for a lot of emotion and commotion and no devotion. I'm, I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying that if we serve a living God... And the Holy Spirit of God lives within us. And greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. We've got to be a little mountain-minded. And we've got to be a people that live in that constant communion with God. And we've got to be a people that can't always stay in the valleys of life. 
And so you and I have got to make sure that we never quit, that we never give up, that we're ready for the fight, and that we keep fighting no matter what the situation is. Because what will change a person? What will change a soul? What will change our community? What will change our country? Is God and God alone. Today, what we need more than anything is we need to let God work again. Let God be the light of our soul and point people to the hope that lasts forever. And that's just simply through Almighty God. Let me just close with this this morning. Overcomers understand that you and I can never lose unless we refuse to fight. And you know what? I don't know when it happened. I don't know how it happened or why it happened. But I believe a lot of Christians, a lot of church-going folks have decided to settle. They've decided to settle. They just think that, hey, we're just going to sit around and we're just going to wait till the Lord returns. And I want you to know today that we need to be more mountain-minded than that. And I believe that God desires for you and I to refuse to settle. You and I ought to be above average. We are not the tails, but, but we are the heads. We are not the bottom, but we are the top. I, I believe that God never desires. Matter of fact, Scripture tells us in John 10, 10, that you and I ought to live an abundant life. If you were to look up the word abundant, abundant means better than average. Abundant means overflowing. Abundant means more and more and more. We ought to live an abundant life. And if we're going to live an abundant life, then we're going to have to realize just as this tribe, just as these young ladies were given just a heel. They said the heel's not enough. You know what? When you read out the rest of the text, it, it, it says that the land around there was filled with the giants and was filled with the Canaanites and it was a wooded land. So they were going to have to chop down the wood. They were going to have to go to work. They were going to have to do what it took to become an overcomer. And to be able to understand that that heel truly is not enough. Today, I want to leave you. I want to leave you just with this little piece of advice, this, this little piece of encouragement. Today, if there's anybody in our world that ought to be blessed, it ought to be Christians. If there's anybody that ought to wake up on the Lord's day and be able to rejoice, it ought to be Christians. If there's anybody today that ought to have an extra measure of strength, it ought to be Christians. If there's anybody today that ought to be hopeful, it ought to be Christians. If there's anybody today that ought to be full of love, it ought to be Christians. And I want you to know today that uh, valleys are part of life. They really are. Unfortunately, a lot of televangelists, they don't, they don't tell you that. And they tell you all the good things, but they never tell you the difficult things. And I think even in this church, we, we spend a lot of time talking about the difficult. We spend a lot of time talking about the rough sides. We spend a lot of time talking about the valleys. 
But you know what? I don't think we spend enough time talking about being mountain-minded people. We're blessed. You're blessed today. You, you are a blessed person today. You're blessed. Whether you realize it or not. How many of you got a spouse here this morning? I mean, most of y'all. How many of y'all realize you should have never got that spouse? <laughs> How many men know you married, uh, you married up? You married up. Yeah. I'm not going to even ask the women that because I might not get any response. But listen, the cars we drive, the homes we have, the money we have, the friendships we have, the family we have, the spouses we have, the children we've been blessed to have. You know, I know we have those periods of valleys, but the special places and the spiritually special places in the Bible are those intimate places with God or on the mountain. I know that growth occurs in the valley, but but listen, sometimes you ought to grow enough that you can just kind of cross from one mountain to another. Sometimes you need to know God's good even when you're not good. Even when the world's not good, God's still good. The Bible says that the Lord never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And so we need to realize no matter what's going on in our world today, that may be conditional, but today we still serve a good God. We still serve a God today that is high and lifted up, and he is on the throne, and he is in full control and full throttle. Just understand today. That the heal is not enough. And we need to want the blessings and we need to want what it is that God has for us. I, 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 would, I would probably be going out on the limb here and it'd probably be an opinion. But I believe that all of us, God wants us to have more. God wants every person in this room to have more than what it is that we've got. But in order to have that, we've got to be a people of faith. And I'm not talking about the fake stuff that we see on TV anymore, but I'm talking about a faith that simply says, forsaking all, I trust God, and I'm not going to settle for just simply the valley, but I want to live life on the mountain. Let's stand today and let's pray.